Hey, Edspire listeners, and welcome to the show. On this episode, we're going to talk about what it means to be vulnerable. We're going to talk about what it means to be transparent and why it matters. A lot of times we get caught up in the facade that we present to others. That can be difficult for us when making connections and developing relationships because we never truly reveal our authentic selves. And when you're not able to be authentic and transparent, It makes it hard for people to be able to relate and connect with you. And our guest today is going to talk about how to do that. So I hope you enjoy the show. And as always, thank you for listening. Hello, listeners. Uh, We have Gente Mayo, a true game changer. Uh, She is from Henrico County Public Schools. She is a counselor at a middle school close by. Um, She is going to talk to us a little bit about how she game changes every day by really building relationships through being you know, truthful and authentic to, to our children and, and to the people who we're trying to build relationships with. Um, so with that, Gente, do you want to kind of go into a little bit about your why? And real quick before we start, I just have to point out the amazing shirt that Gente is wearing. It says Virginia is for school counselors and there is a big heart on it. Love you, Gente. And I love your passion for our profession and helping kiddos. And I will turn it back over to you and your why. So anybody that will listen to me, um, I tell them how much (laughs) love of school counseling. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I'd probably tell a stranger on the street if I could. Um, But I, you know, school counseling is, it's just really been a niche for me. It has given me so much life. It's given me so much purpose. Um, And it is my dream job. Like I cannot imagine doing anything else. And I just feel that it is amazing to be able to walk in your purpose every single day and be able to do what you feel like you were meant to do and what you were put on this earth for. So um, I think saying I'm, I'm passionate about school counseling in the field of school counseling is an understatement. Uh, but I definitely feel that some of my walk of life and some of the challenges that I have experienced have created this colorful um, history that has really laid the foundation for my passion for mental health, working with kids and just school counseling in general. Well, and it's always, it's not funny, but I, I get this question a lot, especially being in, and Gente, you were an elementary school counselor in previous years. Um, and, and I'm a current elementary school counselor. And whenever I tell people what I do, they're always like, why do elementary kids need counselors? Why do middle schoolers need counselors? And so I don't think people fully understand some of the work that we do. I think it gets misunderstood at times. What are some of the issues that that kids are facing that do make having school counselors in schools necessary? I think we think of little people, but we have to think that in the lives of little people, they can have really big challenges. I think we can't underestimate them or minimize their challenges because their challenges are very real to them. Mm -hmm. Um, I know as an elementary school counselor and even as a middle school counselor, I'll get students saying, Miss Mayo, I need to talk to you right now. It's an emergency. And I'll say, oh, my goodness, like what happened? And they'll say, my best friend and I aren't speaking anymore. And in my adult mind, I'm thinking, is that really an emergency? (laughs) But their little life. Yeah is um and even though it's just them not speaking to a best friend it um evokes these feelings of anxiety um feelings of isolation Mm -hmm. um and we just can't 
underestimate um, how big things are in their world. But I do think that as school counselors, we have to um, help them to put things into perspective. Um, a common activity that uh, elementary and middle school counselors do is, you know, let's talk about how big that problem is, you know, let, let's measure it. Um, and so I think that while we have to recognize how big these things are to their lives, we also kind of have to help them navigate things and put things into perspective. Right. I think we can't underestimate the challenges that children today are facing. Though they are little people, there are some really, really big challenges that um, I was privileged enough to not have to deal with at times that some of our children are not. Um, and I, I have to recognize that. I never had to worry about where my next meal came from. And that is not a reality for some of my, our children. I never had to worry about my safety and who was gonna take care of me and who was gonna take care of my siblings. But many children are. Yeah, and you're talking about that support that they don't have. And I love that you put the little people, big challenges. It kind of it immediately puts it into perspective for me. But you guys are providing these these students with with strategies. And and I think that's the biggest part for me as a teacher. I'm always trying to provide strategies as instructional strategies. You guys are, are life strategies. You guys are um, are doing that social emotional strategies to to kind of push them in the correct direction and, and realize that, hey, your challenges are there. But, there, but there's ways to kind of go about them. And I, and I love the way that you put little, little people, big challenges. I like that. So when we are working with little people, you know, we work in a school, right? You know, the kids are there to learn, right? Um, not to receive counseling um, for hours and hours a day or weeks. But so how do you, you know, I, you know, you only get like what, maybe 15, 20 minutes tops with a student at any given time. Whereas like a community setting, they, they might have like an hour. What do you, I guess, what are some of the challenges that you have to work through to kind of maximize your interaction with your student in that short period of time? I think that it is extremely critical that people that work in schools, especially in terms of school counseling, because we have to play that fence of providing mental health support, providing mental health services, we are trained to do so. Um, right. So recognizing that we are in a school environment. Um, so we have to make every moment count and we have to make sure that our interactions with children are dynamic and that they are memorable. And I think that we have to be very careful not to minimize those dynamic interactions and to really maximize that time. I think many times as school counselors, because we are a helping profession, we go unnoticed. You know, we don't we don't need to um, get recognition for everything that we do. We don't need to um, make a big show about everything that we do. Um, but I, I don't think that we have the option to not be dynamic because we just have such little time with them. So I. I, I tell school counselors often because I am in a leadership role with the Virginia School Counselor Association. So I do presentations, I do advocacy for school counselors. And one thing I always say is please don't be afraid to be dynamic. Um, we don't have to ration the ability to be dynamic. Every school counselor has the potential to be dynamic and has to be for their students. Um, so with that, 
school counselors are magicians because we turn 15 minutes into um, so much. And I think the key to that is planning and preparation. I think another key to that is having that skill and that skill set and continuing to devote yourself to professional development and to adapting to the changing needs of our students and children. Um, and really looking for those creative approaches and interventions. I um, have to put a little plug in. So Regina Brown is the Director of School Counseling Services for Petersburg City Schools. Um, she is a um, huge mentor of mine. And she always told me, I don't care whether kids are eight or 18. Nobody wants a boring counselor. So I always use that as my driving force. Like, don't be boring because the work that you're doing has to be memorable. And I think for teachers too, right? So our teacher, you know, our listeners who are teachers, I think, yeah, like, I don't want a boring teacher, (laughs) you know? (laughs) So that's, I love that. It's so simple, but like so powerful. Mm -hmm. Don't be boring. (laughs) And, And I do think that, you know, that does go across the board for educators because I, I do do a lot of work with um, not just school counselors, but educators. And I even think back to my most memorable school counselors that, I mean, sorry, my most memorable teachers that mm-hmm. made act on me. Um, my favorite teacher was my seventh grade English teacher. And until I discovered the field of school counseling, I was convinced that I was going to be a seventh grade English teacher like her. <laughs> um, she was like, fancy Nancy, but as a teacher, she was stylish and she was dramatic and she just like marched to the beat of her own drummer. And Mm -hmm. I just remember, um, just her having so much flair and, uh, just this dynamic enthusiasm. So I totally agree with that, Holly. Like, and she made a, like an impact, right? And it sounds like she was just like an entertainer. Like every time you walked in, <laughs> she like had something different going on. And, and I kind of, res- I kind of think of you in that similar way. Whenever yeah. I remember, cause uh, you listeners, you don't know this. Gente was a, uh, the elementary school counselor when I started off as a first grade teacher. And I, we, we talked a little bit earlier, but she, I remember two specific things that, that she did that, that have impacted my life as a teacher and, and just that swagger coming in and, and uh, you could just see it in Gente and it's just such an awesome, uh, you know, skill that you have of being dynamic. And I, and I love that. And I think what really um, also I remember about my favorite English teacher, Miss <laughs> Wall, is that um, it was during middle school. So it was at a time when my self-confidence was um, really, really at a challenging point in my life. And English class was my safe haven. It was where I truly felt that I excelled. Um, It was where my confidence soared because I loved writing and creative writing and being able to have that like written self-expression. And Mrs. Wall knew that. And so she really let allowed me opportunities to flourish in her class. And so I think we have to think of students like that, those dynamic interactions, um, really creating a safe space for them to flourish. Yeah. And then I'm and then like, it seems like she allowed you, encouraged you to use your strengths to like in that class. And I think that's what all teachers, you know, should be looking to do as well as counselor is pushing students to use their strengths to be, you know, that, that dynamic person and that you're talking about. Well, and I think it goes back to, um, we had Joe, he is a teacher in 
well, no, now he's an innovative learning coach in Henrico, but he is known for the project-based learning that he does with collaborative classrooms and like with the exceptional education population. And one of the aspects that allows his students to take risks and for the programs and projects to be so successful is he creates a really safe environment to take risks Mm -hmm. and then you see these beautiful amazing things you know transform because kids feel safe enough to make mistakes and one of the things about you gente that that i really admire is how transparent you are with your own struggles and your own just your own stuff that you're continuing to work on and and how you've built success from those weaknesses and, and you're just very open and transparent, you're vulnerable. And so that makes me feel like I can relate to you. It inspires me to, you know, that it's okay that I have these struggles too, but that can't, that, that's not, that doesn't have to be a barrier to me being successful. And um, so, and that's a huge aspect of you building relationships with your student is you, your students is, and you're known for your transparency and building those relationships. Can you talk a little bit about that piece. So I like to say transparency can be transformational. And love that. In transparency being transformational, I think it's incredibly important that students see educators across the board um, do being certain things. First of all, I think it's important that they see us take risks. It shows them what it looks like to be brave. Um, Because that's what education and learning is all about. It's about taking risks. When we don't know something or when we haven't mastered a concept or a skill, we're taking a risk. Uh, I'm a middle school counselor. So when they're at that critical time with their self-esteem, when they raise their hand in class and share out, they're taking a risk. Absolutely. I also think it's incredibly important that we model humility And that we show that we are humble by apologizing when we make a mistake. Yes, they are children. But like I said, you know, little people, big challenges, little people, problem. Danny loves that one. I I just keep smiling. I just keep smiling. (laughs) Danny's over there like, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's important that we also, you know, admit when something does not go as planned. It shows that we are flexible and it gives them that power and assurance that, they can then be flexible. Um, And I also think it's incredibly important that we as adults talk to children about uh, challenges. Um, It shows them that we have perseverance, that we have grit, and that we have resilience. You mean like your own personal challenges? Yes, yes. So our own personal challenges. Um, I know that when I, and I've shared this with uh, Holly before, Um, sometimes when um, counselors, teachers, educators alike, we try out something new and we have this great big vision in our head and we know exactly how it's going to go and exactly how it's going to work. And we try it out and we're like, holy smokes. (laughs) Oh yeah. I thought it was going to turn out. And so I think it's important for us to, and I call it first lesson grace I think it's important that we as educators give ourselves that first lesson grace or that first project base or that first technique, sorry, that first technique or um, project grace um, and that we can share that with students. Wow, guys, you know, I saw that going totally different. Let's Mm -hmm. rework things. Um, And a good uh, example I have of that is I was teaching my first 
virtual lesson in health and PE classes in middle school. And we were talking about um, cognitive behavior therapy. We were talking about um, the common coping errors. So uh, I was doing a lesson and I started using Nearpod for the first time. And uh, Danny actually gave me a private tutorial. (laughs) (laughs) I hope you're going to say that this is the best lesson you've ever done. (laughs) Um, Yeah. (laughs) But I was in the middle of the lesson and I did not realize that Nearpod has a cap of how many kiddos can be in a Oh, man. We, um, so healthy classes in middle school, uh, you know, can get pretty large. So after I had about four classes, four or five classes log into uh, one session, I had kids going, Miss Mayo, we can't get in anymore. And as I'm transparent, my anxiety, like literally rose up and without even blinking, I was like, nope, I'm going to figure out how to, um, make this work? Like, how am I going to overcome this? And without even letting myself get to that anxiety stress point of, oh my goodness, I said, all right, everybody log out. And I went into Schoology and switched out the links. I mean, lickety split. And it was like pure adrenaline. (laughs) Like beast mode. It was. And the health and PE teacher, she's so sweet. She was like, boy, you didn't even show a blink of anxiety, I would have been freaking out about that. You're and like, oh, I was on the inside. <laughs> he said, you flew so quick. And I did. I did. Yeah. I flew through it so quick because I knew if I would have let myself rest for a second, it would have been total freak out mode. And yeah. um, so I even told the kids, I said, all right, guys, I did not realize that that was going to happen. Everybody mm-hmm. log out. I played some TikTok music real quick so that they could just kind of chill out while I switched those links out. We got back in lickety split, but um, that first lesson, and Grace. I, and I think first lesson, yes. <laughs> well, and I think one thing you know with this whole like COVID and virtual, and there are a lot of things that we can say that are not great about it, but I think there there are some positives, and and one of them is every time you know when I do a lesson with a teacher, I'm I'm you know I'll say oh, you know. I, the lesson didn't go so great. We had a lot of technical issues. And then the teacher, when she comes back after my lesson's done, she's like, Oh, we've been dealing with that all day. They are used to it. So I think we've had to be really transparent and humble, right? Because this whole virtual learning, the mistakes that happen are public. Like they're in front of kids. They're in front of our students' families. And so we're all kind of in this, this boat of, um, growth mindset when it comes to virtual learning. And so that's just been a real nice positive that I've seen is just uh, more patience and flexibility um, and, and teachers being more transparent about, we don't know, we make mistakes. And I think it's comforting for both students and educators alike that we're all in this learning boat together. And I think yeah. it's a very comforting place to be in. Gente, what would be, some takeaways for our, our teachers and school counselors, um, but especially our teachers, you know, who were in the classrooms and maybe wanting to, to deepen their relationship with their students. What would you say are some key points that, that they can kind of take away, you know, as you've learned how to build relationships with students? I think storytelling is critical in building relationships. 
I think we have to be careful that we never tell a child or student, I know exactly how you feel, because we really never know exactly how a child feels. But um, just a kind of counseling technique, what we can say is, I think I remember a time where I might have felt the way you are feeling now. Do you mind me sharing that story? And if they say yes, then you can say, tell your story. And then you can say, is that kind of how you felt? Did did you kind of connect with my story? Um, And then they can say, oh, yes, that's exactly how I feel. Or no, not quite. Or kind of. And really letting them form their own connection of that. Um, An example I had today, I was working with, with a kiddo and we were talking about superpowers. And um, this is a child that has been having some motivation issues and virtual learning. It can be a challenging environment for motivation because, you know, there's not a person live there with you. And, um, you know, there's a lot of, um, intrinsic motivation that is mm-hmm. necessary and required in a virtual setting. And I asked him, I said, well, you know, can I, can I tell you a story about superpowers? And he said, sure. I said, well, first, before I tell you my story, I want you to give me a superpower. Like what, if you could pick any superpower, what would you pick? And he said, I pick super strength. You know, I want to be able to like lift up buildings and things. And I, Oh, I'll say, okay. So I said, so you mean strength, like being able to overcome challenges and he said, that's not the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> he said, lifting up a building and overcome challenges two different things. Like, overcoming no connection. challenges is mental strength. Lifting up a building is physical strength. And wow. I, I want to challenge that. I said, are they really that different? I said, because mm-hmm. lifting up a building is something no one else can do. Right? That's mm-hmm. what makes it special. That's what makes it super. But it is, it is a challenge. Now, just like overcoming an obstacle, like motivation for virtual learning, like having lots of assignments that you need mm-hmm. to catch up on, both of them are obstacles. You are just exerting physical energy for one and emotional or um, mental energy for the other. And so I really gave him that kind of aha moment. And the story I told him was, make a long story short, I started college at VCU um, as um, a biology major because I thought I wanted to be a physician's assistant. Surprise. Yeah, that surprised me. I um, was signed up for all these classes. And when I got my schedule, I was sharing my schedule with some of my friends and roommates and sweet dates. And they looked at my schedule and they said, Ooh, that looks like a hard schedule. And I got scared and nervous. I'm like, what do you mean? And they said, that math class you've got to take is hard. Math has always been an anxiety trigger for me. Always. Um, it was the same thing. Earliest triggers because math is, it's just, it's always and will always be a challenge. Um, mm-hmm. So I immediately, because I'm so, um, <laughs> words of affirmation are huge to me. So mm-hmm. I have a lot of, um, a lot of my rise and fall Um, is measured by external factors. So when I heard that, I went down to academic advising and I changed my major. And (laughs) you're like, bye. (laughs) All done. I'm out. I changed psychology, which I'm absolutely glad I did. But I thought I I passed the math monster. 
I was like, okay, I've got easier math classes. I'm good. Then came statistics. Yep. And I took statistics and I can remember working on my work, my homework and doing the very best I could and attending my professor's office hours every single time she had office hours from beginning to end. I would sit on the floor beside her desk in her office and I would bring everything that I had, that I was able to do on my own. And I would show her what I had done and she would make a few corrections and I would sit on the floor beside her desk and I would do my work. And I did that every single day, came to every one of her office hours and I got a B. And you would have thought that B was a hundred. Oh yeah. I got an, an 80. I barely got a B, but you would have thought So what I shared with that child that I was talking to, I shared that story and I said, that was my superpower. Wow. I was able to motivate myself. I was able to control um, the effort that I put into that better than what anyone else could have motivated me to do. We as educators, we as um, counselors, as teachers, can pour so much motivation and so much life into students. But the overall ultimate goal has to be that they are, as we say in Henrico County, life ready. That right. they leave us. They yeah. still have those skills, that they still have that grit, that motivation and that perseverance. So when we are assisting them with any of the skills, any of the content that we are sharing and, and teaching them, we need to think about how it can transform them and how our transparency as we're delivering those lessons um, is going to be transformation. Gente, I wish we had hours and hours to talk with you because <laughs> you really are. I mean, seriously, like people just have no idea the depth and, and vulnerability that you show to students in an effort to, to build relationships with them. And what I mean by that is you have written and spoken poetry that you've shared with your students, right? Spoken word. You share public speaking events where in someone with, you know, when you have anxiety, right? We, we kind of referenced that earlier. Public speaking, it can be terrifying, but you put, you, you continue to put yourself out there and to be in those positions. And again, I'm going to say the V word to be vulnerable. And you, and you are open and transparent about that with your students. And so they actually see you living what you're saying. Not only living, but modeling. I I think modeling and and just the strategies that they get just from watching and observing you, uh, I I think, you know, speaks volume. And I love transparency can be transformational. I really, you know, believe that because it's hard to be transparent. It's vulnerable is is a difficult thing. And I know I'm working on it, you know, to try to get better at it. Um, But, you know, Gente, you know, thank you so much. This has been a a terrific, terrific show. Uh, Listeners, I hope you, you know, take what, you know, Gente has said about, you know, being, you know, showing humility, being flexible, showing perseverance and, and having those authentic, you know, relationships that that are transparent with with your students and, and with everyone i think it's it's great to be transparent with everyone but you know for our students um you know to build a better future for for ourselves and for our country and communities uh, i think being transparent is a great great place to start and and just loved hearing from you gente and you know how much i love i got for you so you know thank you for for joining holly and i and holly do you have anything that you wanted to say 
No, just, I mean, thank you, Gente. I'm always inspired by you. And, you know, I'm just thinking about just that grace, right? Grace. I'm going to keep that in my heart today. Um, and then, you know, just not being afraid to put myself out there, you know, cause that's how connections are made. And, um, you know, we're all just trying to, to find ways to connect with each other. And if we don't put ourselves out there and be transparent, then people are going to feel like they can't connect with us. Our students are going to feel like they can't connect with us. So thank you for what you do. And thank you guys. You inspire me too, because I've gotten the chance to work with you guys in different walks of my career. So thank you guys for having me on here. And I am excited to see what Inspire is going to have in store. Whoop, whoop. We, we like right. to think about that as well. We like to have our wonders yes. as well. <laughs> yes. But Gente, thank you again. Game changer. Thank you. Hey, hey, Edspire listeners, make sure that you subscribe to us so that you don't miss a single episode we are throwing your way. And be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Edspire Podcast.